Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, founder and CEO of Dallas-based consulting firm Louder Co. There's so many great people innovating in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This podcast aims to highlight them, the amazing things they're doing, and get behind the scenes on their approach and on them personally. At my company, Louder Co., we're the innovation specialists business leaders turn to when their organization must perform better. Artificial intelligence, business transformation, and venture building projects are usually very stressful. Not with us. We believe your business will soon begin losing without an AI strategy. We create AI strategies to accelerate operations and create revolutionary new technology products. We do that because we're tired of seeing businesses that keep letting bad operations kill their growth. Through change initiatives like creating innovation hubs, improving processes, and instilling technologies, we transform companies to perform better and grow faster. Our gift to you for listening is access to our free Intro to Artificial Intelligence Guide. We hit on what is AI, where is it going, and how to get it into your business. Get that free guide at louderco.com slash intro to AI. We look forward to serving you. Visit us at louderco.com for more information, insightful content, and ways to schedule our first conversation. Thank you for listening and on to our show. Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovator Show presented by Louderco. I'm Andrew Louder. Really glad to have our special guest today. His name is Randy Mayu. He's leader of the First Friday Book Synopsis Dallas. And I really like the description on their website. It's like Cliff's Notes on Steroids. And if you've ever been to one of these, which I have, I've been to a few now, I love them. I love them. It's, um, you know, Randy gets up there, he talks about two really um, important books at the time. It could be business, could be personal, could be any number of topics, but he'll get up there and deliver a 15-minute synopsis on each book. And I don't want to steal his thunder on kind of talking through what that's like and that whole process, but I'm really excited to have him on here to talk through this and really share this to all my listeners as a really valuable resource that they should be leveraging. So welcome to the show, Randy. Thank you, Andrew. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. So the way we like to kick things off here is to let our guests just talk us through a good one to two minute bio. You know, how did you uh, get to Dallas? So what do you do? And, you know, take it away. In 1987, I moved to Dallas as a minister, a preacher uh, at the Preston Road Church of Christ in University Park. I spent about 20 years in full-time ministry and began to have a shift in some thinking that kind of led to a decision to leave that denomination and leave ministry. And so uh, I began a second career. Uh, I had graduate work both in theology but also in rhetoric, communication, rhetoric, and public address. So I focused on communication issues. I do teach seminars on executive public speaking. But in 1998, a colleague of mine and I, Carl Crayer, he and I started the first Friday book synopsis. It's a pretty simple premise. Yeah. Everybody I know wishes they read more books. <laughs> Count me into on yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, they read some books, but they have a stack of books that they started or want to read that they did not finish. We read those books for people. 
we read them thoroughly. I prepare a nine to 11 page comprehensive synopsis handout. And if you were to listen to my presentation, and I'm sorry to report, it's a little longer than 15 minutes. About, it feels like 15. Yeah, it feels it like the right amount of time. Very fast paced. Yeah. It's about 20 to 21 minutes a book. Uh, but if you listen to that and follow along on the handout, it is as though you get the key content. Um, it's not that you can fool somebody that you've read it, but you can discuss the ideas intelligently. And we choose, uh, we've done it every month for 21 and a half years. Incredible. So that's what the first Friday book synopsis is. And then I do those presentations in longer form to executive teams within companies, uh, executive teams of mid-sized cities, lots of different kinds of companies. So it's a way to do leadership thinking and maybe leadership training, but really leadership thinking for an executive team to have an in-depth, deep-dive book synopsis. Yeah, I love that. I mean, in this day and age, time is such a premium, and to be able to have you and your synopsis as a valuable resource, I think, uh, can be hugely um, necessary for us this day and age. Well, thank you. So let's talk a bit about how we met. Um, I owe all the credit to Erica Bryant. Erica's great. Erica's great. So she is working with you and she told you about me and our that's event. Right. And we met at a coffee shop somewhere over there. Yeah, that's and, right. Herb's Coffee House. I yeah. got to give them a shout out. That's a great coffee shop if uh, you haven't been there here in Dallas yet. But I know, Randy, we, we met there. We talked a lot about the synopsis and uh, yeah, I was blown away, frankly. So yeah, Erica made the introduction. Uh, she was our first guest on the podcast. Uh, not sure if you knew that, but uh, yeah, she's got a wonderful marketing um, marketing agency and really focus on messaging and uh, story brand and guiding companies. It's wonderful. But um, uh, and I had done the book on story brand at First Friday Book Synopsis. That's and right. So she she heard that and agreed that I nailed the key content of the book. You did. So yeah, yeah. building a story brand, great book. So, okay, Randy, what you, you kind of gave a high level overview of the first Friday book synopsis. Okay. You know, take us back to when you and Carl got this started. You know, how did this idea come about? And my gosh, 21 years. You guys are like, you're, you're like the Cal Ripken of, of, of your trade here. So yeah. tell us, how did it all get started? Um, I met Carl literally. By officiating at his wedding, I wow. was I was a minister back That's then, cool. and we both discovered that we had similar background academically, working on PhD level work in communication. He was in uh, in uh, organizational communication, and I was in rhetoric. We talked about the need for people to know what's in the books. And so he came up with one of the key ideas. I came up with the overall idea, and we decided to try it. First time we ever had our meeting, we had, I think, 24 people there. We're now averaging pretty close to 100 with a number of, of months of 2019, six out of 12, over 100 people attended. Yeah. So, um, so we, we hit a need that people had, and Carl and I evolved, if you were – if you were to look at our first handout, mm -hmm. it was puny. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was not as many pages, not as comprehensive, boring word document. Now it's longer, more sections of it, yeah. and and I think fairly well designed. I'm I'm pretty proud of them. Yeah. And so um, we've, you know, 
tweaked it for the better multiple times in the years we've done it. No, that, that's incredible. So for folks out there, um, where do you hold your, your meetings? We meet at the Park City Club, which is in University Park in Dallas on Sherry, right near uh, the Tollway and Northwest Highway. And the meetings are fast-paced. It's a great buffet breakfast. It really a is. a great club. And then at, at 721 on the dot, somebody welcomes everybody. We begin at 7. Um, somebody welcomes people. I get up at 725, and I do the two fast-paced synopses. Carl had to drop out because he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing both books each month since October of 2017, I think it is. And so... And at the last um, synopsis meeting, I was present for that, and you mentioned that was Carl's first time being back. That's right. That was an incredible moment. Yeah, it was a very special moment. He's not able to speak like he did, Mm -hmm. but we did have him stand, and a lot of people who had been there and knew him greeted him warmly. He's doing well. He just is not able to do the kind of work that he did. Got it. So do you know how many total books you've read at this point? Um. I've done the math, and at the first Friday book synopsis, we have presented over 500 books. Wow. And uh, our uh, the, the hardest job I have is not preparing the synopsis. It is choosing the book. Yeah. And, and to give you an idea, this is we're doing this podcast in December of 2019. Mm-hmm. Every month, New York Times has 10 business book bestsellers uh, every month. And of the 10... After January, we will have done eight of the 10 at our event. So we go after bestsellers, major publishers, uh, books that we think will will build a bridge to the needs of people in business, people trying to build a career and succeed at business endeavors. That's great. So where does somebody go to find out more about First Friday Book Synopsis? 15minutebusinessbooks.com, 15minutebusinessbooks.com. And on the homepage, there's a register now button and the two books we're doing for the next month's meeting. And then there's a blog where I frequently, uh, this year, I think all but three books so far, I put up a blog post with my key lessons and takeaways from the books that I presented. So it's kind of a business book blog. But I ought to mention that I also do the same kind of presentations for a nonprofit called City Square, mm-hmm. where I do book synopses of books on social justice, racism, poverty, those kinds of homelessness, those kinds of issues. And it's the same process, uh, only I do one book a month, and I blog about those also on our blog. Got it. Yeah, that, that takes me into where I wanted to get, get going uh, toward was you do this for not just your monthly book synopsis meeting, but you do this for a lot of other organizations, companies, nonprofits. Tell us more about those. Like, wh- What's that like? Who are the companies generally that you, you serve? Um, let me give you an example yeah. recently. The list of client companies is long, and, and I really do a lot for mid-sized cities, so city okay. managers and fire chiefs and police chiefs, department heads. But recently, a law firm in Dallas, pretty big law firm, wanted to take their major team in one of their areas, and they wanted to go through the process of de- designing their systems and process for the coming year. And so 
they brought me in to do the book by John Dewar called Measure What Matters. Ah, uh, yes. It's a very good book. There are really competing books that all have different systems but cover, cover some of the same general areas, how mm-hmm. to set a goal, how to follow up, et cetera. So I did Measure What Matters there. They also hired a facilitator. I'm not a facilitator. Okay. I'm a speaker. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Big they difference. hired a facilitator who heard that presentation, and then she led them through their planning process for the coming year. She says that it would not have gone as well without me setting the foundation with the book synopsis. And I say it needed the facilitated session afterwards. That's, a, yep. that's an ideal way to use what I do. But I'll frequently just go into companies and do an hour to an hour and a half synopsis of a book that prompts people to think about it. That's what I was going to ask you next. To me, it sounds like a wonderful way. Like, I'll give an example. There's a company I'm working with now that, um, you know, for those not familiar, this book, Measure What Matters, covers objectives and key results, OKRs. That's right. Uh, something that Andy Grove of Intel um, help pioneer. That's and right. Then the and the author, author gives a lot of credit to Andy Andy Grove. Yeah. Right. They worked together, didn't they? Pardon, a, yeah, they did. At Intel. Yeah. And so then John Dewar took the concept, brought it to Google, mm-hmm. right? And then Google became the behemoth they are. And a lot of what they owe it to is um, John's OKRs. That's right. And so it's kind of crossed my mind. Gosh, it'd be cool to just get a, get the synopsis done to introduce the concept to companies mm-hmm. and just say, hey, we're moving toward this concept. And rather than forcing upon a book and say, hey, you go read this and then we're going to go do it, it, it's, hey, here's the synopsis, yeah. right? L- l- let me comment about one thing you said. Okay. Uh, for, first of all, I, I believe that any consultant, any leader in a company trying to implement a program would find having the synopsis at the front end, very helpful to help yes. people understand why this is valuable. That's exactly where I was going, yeah. Um, people, leaders say, I want my people to read this book. Mm-hmm. They'll even start a book club. Here's what the research says. The first time a leader does that, they'll read the book kind of pretty well. By the second time, they'll pretend to have read the book. <laughs> yeah. I think that by the age of 30, you're either a book reader or you're not a book reader. And so what I do is I provide enough of the content that you can still discuss it intelligently, even if you didn't read the book for yourself. And so that's a value of what I provide. That's wonderful. Now, I think uh, something like this needs to become more aware. (laughs) And so I think, you know, that's one reason I wanted you on this show was I think this could be a really valuable resource for so many of of my listeners out there. But so uh, typically on the show, I ask the guests to take us behind the scenes, okay, of maybe either product creation or just uh, something about the process that leads them to um, getting their product or service out there. Take us behind the scenes of like, okay, uh, this whole monthly um, rotation you go through of like, first, how do you pick the books? How do you actually sit down and read them? How do you create the synopsis? We don't need all the trade secrets here, but it's so intriguing to me. Picking the book is the toughest job, not the longest job, but the toughest job. I have to ask what books are valuable to people. Mm -hmm. So- 
for example, in January, uh, which we're meeting, by the way, on the second Friday of January because of the holiday, I'm doing the new Mark Benioff book, Sales uh, Trailblazer. He's Mm -hmm. the CEO of, of Salesforce. And I don't do many of those where a CEO says kind of this is how we did things, but this is a good one. Yep. And, and I'd read good reviews, but I'm also doing the new Ryan Holiday book. And boy, is he something. His book is Stillness is the Key. Mm. He's the guy who wrote The Daily Stoic. And mm-hmm. he's, he's a remarkable guy. He's been hired by NFL teams to help people focus. So I picked the book. I read the book on my Kindle app on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to highlight with my finger and then copy and paste into a Word document. Um, I can't tell you how valuable that is for what I do because in my handouts, I include a number of excerpts or quotes from the book. And then I I have a a big screen on my computer, and I have three pages open simultaneously. I have all of the quotes, and then I move the ones I think would be valuable into the handout. Mm-hmm. And while that, while I'm doing that, I begin to create the content part of my handout. And so I've got, what is the point of the book? Why is this book valuable? Why is it worth our time? What are the key stories? What are the key uh, lessons and principles? And then I end them all with my lessons and takeaways, mm-hmm. including plenty of excerpts. I end up with a multi-page Word document, and then I send it to a great design woman named Jen uh, Voiles, and she, Jen Aiken, she got married, Jen Aiken, and she puts it into the format that we use. I present it at the first Friday book synopsis. I have give everybody there a handout. I don't know any other event I go to where everybody's looking at a piece of paper the way they do at our event. Right. And then... When it's over, I take the audio recording and I put that on our website with the handout so people can purchase the synopses. And so that's uh, available on our website at 15minutebooks.com, 15minutebusinessbooks.com. That's cool. You know, I, for some reason, I didn't realize that I could purchase the audio. Yeah. I'm such purchase, an audio guy. And it's that's just a, the yeah. auto, audio from my presentation there. So. Got it. Okay. So um, I just read a book that I know you summarized, but I missed that one, Talking okay. to Strangers. Oh, yeah. And it's a great book. In fact, I heard it on audiobook. And they recorded the audiobook in the format of a podcast with okay. like the real testimonies and interviews of the people that were quoted in the book. It's really I moving. Can I have not heard the podcast before. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. But um, I understand you were on uh, Dallas Morning News, Recently, yeah. right? Yes. Tell us what that was for, what that was about, because if I recall, talking to, talking to strangers was a big piece of that, right? Yes. First of all, it's a Malcolm Gladwell book. Yes. And, and so many people have copied his style, but he is the master. And uh, it's almost impossible to describe the way he weaves a story. Uh, Impossible. I've, yeah. I've presented every one of his books. I've presented The Tipping Point and Blink and David and Goliath and Outliers yeah. and now Talking to Strangers. Which, let me cut you off for a second. As I was listening to this book and I knew you had sent, done the synopsis, I was telling myself, how in the world did Randy summarize this book? Yeah. <laughs> it's so difficult. Yeah. And you just have to take pieces of the, of the um, stories. L- let me tell you my favorite Malcolm Gladwell story in all the books I've read. Okay. Uh, It's from Blink. And in the 1950s, 
the New York Symphony Orchestra, all of the major orchestras were all male. They oh, were okay. male. I didn't realize that. And and women would audition and couldn't get on. They couldn't get hired. And they were literally writing scientific papers mm. saying, why can't women play the violin as well as men? Wow. They made one change. Blind auditions. Mm. So that the person playing to get on an orchestra wasn't seen and wasn't heard with his or her voice. Makes sense, yeah. From that moment on, 50% of the musicians hired have been female. Wow. And, and what he says is we made blink decisions rejecting people. Well, talking to strangers basically says we can be easily fooled by the persona and the, the warmth and the interpersonal skills of an interaction. That's he, right. He begins the book by telling how um, Neville Chamberlain the prime minister of Great Britain met Hitler, Adolf Hitler, mm -hmm. and said, he's a man I can trust. And Winston Churchill, who never met him, read Mein Kampf and said, he's not a man we can trust. And so we were just hit by the tor tornado that hit Dallas right. in, in October of 2019. And we were hiring roofer and contractor, and I had just read Talking to Strangers. And it taught me, don't trust the interaction of hmm. a person who comes and says, this is what we can do. Do incredible and deep and verified due diligence. Right. So I sent a little note about that to Dave Lieber, the watchdog at Dallas Morning News. And he interviewed me and did a picture and, and we wove in together comments from Malcolm Gladwell on the danger of trusting a stranger because you have a good interaction. So th that's how that happened. What's interesting, though, is, um, you know, he does a great job of proving the point of why it's so difficult to judge strangers, mm -hmm. or at least judge them accurately. Yet I didn't come away with a great answer that I could walk away with that says, okay, from here on out, here's how to assess a stranger, or here's how to know they're telling the truth, or here's how... Did you get that? I Maybe I missed something. Uh, all right. Not only did I get that, I talked about that in my synopsis. Okay, good. People, people want answers. Um, it, you know, there's this old rule in business, don't bring a problem unless you can bring a solution. Right. That's a bad idea because sometimes it's really valuable just to understand the danger and the problem. Yes. And Malcolm Gladwell, in my view, says, here's the problem. Become aware of it. Be aware that you are not going to be great at it. But you're right. He doesn't give an answer. And he says in the book, he said, if we got to the point where we did not trust anybody we had interacted with, society would crumble. Right. We have to pretend. I have to pretend that you, Andrew Lauder, are going to do the right things with my interview on your right. podcast. Now, I don't know you well. We've spent a total of 40 minutes together in our life. But I know your reputation. I know the kinds of things you do. I know what Erica Bryant told me about you. Right. So I trust you. But you could turn out to be a jerk. Yeah. You could turn out to be an unethical guy. From everything I know about you, you are an ethical guy. And I know in my interactions, you're not a jerk. But, but Gladwell says, if we, if we decide to look for the bad in everybody and, and, and sort of be standoffish completely, mm -hmm. 
you'll destroy society. We have to pretend that people are trustworthy. But when it's a big deal, we have to do our due diligence. Right. He so, says to we all default to truth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Um, yeah, but I, I tell you, it's it's such a the way he interweaves everything is just incredible. It always leaves me wanting to kind of get behind the scenes of his process and how yeah. he does all the research and how it all comes together. Sixty Minutes did a profile of him maybe two or three years ago, okay. and I I could be off a year, and they kind of captured his process. He goes to the I think it's the New York Public Library, and he immerses himself in obscure academic psychological journals looking for an idea. He is insatiably curious, and his curiosity is what makes Malcolm Gladwell Malcolm Gladwell, along with his great research ability. Got it. Wow. So, Randy, I know we're, go- we're getting into 2020. Okay. And I know a lot of people are probably looking ahead to um, you know, changes in their lives and looking for guidance. You know what? I'm sorry to put you on the spot here. Can you think of a book that might be a good one for people to dive into here at the beginning of, of 2020? You'd have to be a little more precise with your question, but okay. uh, let's pretend that somebody is trying to decide, trying to decide their own career step. Yes, or they're okay. trying, they're in transition and they're wanting Huge, to do yeah. it. Here's the book to read. I brought the handout. It's called Designing Your Life, How That's to wonderful. Build a Well-Lived, Joyful Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. This is a book that is based on a class they teach, the number one elective class for years at Stanford University. And they take the design motif and they say, let's apply it to a life. Yep. So designing your life. So that's a book. Um, I think that this book by Ryan Holiday, Stillness mm. is the Key, is a book that says we've got so much noise and so much technological noise and so many demands. We need to find a way to shut things out and focus with stillness. Uh, it's, it's not a business book. It's an interior life book. Mm. But... What he says is business leaders need to cultivate the interior life. And I buy that. It's not a, a religious book. It, it, it's, it's very much uh, based as much on Stoics uh, any, than anyone else or any, any other source. But I'm a fan of Ryan Holiday, and I'm finding this book quite valuable. So I'll present that at January 10th, First Friday Book Synopsis. Wonderful. And in fact, when we had our first conversation – I was telling you about some of the things I do in design thinking and innovation, mm-hmm. and you sent me Design Your Life as just like a, hey, great to meet you. Check this out. Yeah. And uh, I read it. Um, very valuable, eye-opening, really cool application of taking design thinking and using it to create the life you want. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you, when you kind of look at it that way, it's like, man, it seems like it should be so easy for so many, but uh, it's not. You have to work at every decision and step you make. Uh, I'm sure you know the 10,000-hour rule. Yes. Uh, Gladwell, Gladwell wrote about it in Outliers, but it actually comes from a book uh, from a researcher named, and I always get this wrong, either Eriks Anderson or Anders Ericsson. Okay. Um, and, and the book is called Peak. I've presented that ah, book. Okay. And, and what he discovered was that if you want to really master something, you have to put in the time. 
and you have to practice for the purpose of getting better. So to use a golf analogy, going to a driving range and hitting a bucket of balls is not practice. Mm, mm -hmm. Hitting a ball and having somebody watch your swing and say, let's adjust your shoulder. You do that swing after swing, you're ready to kill the coach, but you get better because you're right. practicing for the purpose of getting better. I love that. Yeah, that, that could apply to so many different things. To everything. And being intentional, right? Yeah. 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 I, I think of the saying, um, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. That's right. Something like that. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Randy, how, how does um, – you know, how does somebody get plugged into the, the synopsis meeting? How does it all work? If you live in the Dallas area or going to be in the Dallas area on the first Friday of the month, just go to the website. You can register. You can show up without registering, and we've always got people who walk up. I've done that. Yeah, and, um, and that's not a problem. Uh, but if you want to be on the email list, there's a box on the homepage that says add me to the email list, and that way you'll get – three to four emails a month basically saying, here are the two books for the next month and uh, a little more information about them, reviews of them, et cetera. Very so. cool. I know for me personally, I've got it um, as a to-do in my head to head to your website, take a look at some of these books that I've been wanting to read. There's one in particular called The One Thing. Um, uh, I believe it's something like the, the One Thing You Can Do to Drive Extraordinary Results or something like that. I'll have to see if you have that up there. I'm trying to remember. Um, I've, after doing 500 books, <laughs> I don't remember everything. Um, but um, there are certainly – I do know that book. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that that we did it – maybe Carl did it. Boy, I'm just okay, not remembering. I, I don't remember every one. But I – but I think as you say that about the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, yes. it would be a good parallel book oh, for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So how about, let's let's move into our lightning round. Okay. So um, generally this get into a little bit more personal things. We can go fast or slow, however you want to take it. I just call it lightning round to call it lightning round. <laughs> but what do you wish you had known when you started your career? You know, what if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would you tell yourself? Read more widely, not okay. narrowly. Okay. Uh, biography, history, science, technology, the more you know widely, the better off you are overall. And get more, uh, get more systematic mm. about networking. Uh -huh. um, I love meeting people, but I'm not systematic about it. Uh, I don't view that as doing that to build business. A lot of people do. I do that as a way to build my knowledge. Mm -hmm. I like to learn from people. Um, I should have said, I know we're at the lightning round. Yeah, sure. That basically what I do with a book mm -hmm. is what I did preaching. There's a, a style of preaching called expository preaching, where you take a text and you say, this is what it says. I left that career but that skill is what I use in building synopses mm -hmm. of books. I do expository preaching of books. Yeah. And so um, I think it was good to know how to, how to transition with skills from one arena to another. So anyway. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think you're a really great public speaker, great presenter. Well, thank you. And kind of knowing your background before moving into this ar arena, kind of I, I can see that. I can see you doing a, a really exceptional job at the pulpit. 
Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, you bet. Okay, so next question. What or who has influenced you most? I go back to authors. And actually, mm-hmm. I go back to... Uh, there, there was a moment with a man in Malibu, California. I spent a day with him. He owned mm. 5,000 books. Wow. And by the end of the day, in his personal library, he was pulling books down and say, think about this author, think about that author. And so I got sort of systematic, more systematic. I've always read. I started with comic books and then the Hardy Boys and then yeah. Nero Wolf. But, but I got more systematic. And so he had great influence on me as a reader of books. So that was significant. There's a guy who comes to the First Friday Book Synopsis, uh, a, a, uh, a coach uh, under the Gazelle's umbrella, used to teach at SMU, named Dan Weston. And he is the guy who's been my mentor in, okay. in a very real way. So he helps me work through questions and is just a great guy. So that's a guy. And then um, I'm married to the same woman for decades. Congrats. Uh, we married when we were young, mm-hmm. so uh, we're we're we've been at it for a long time. Yeah, and she is my center mm-hmm. and keeps me centered. And so I can't mention influence without mentioning my wife Jeannie. That's beautiful. Uh, so with with your mentor relationship, I'm curious: is this a, a, a formal mentorship relationship, or is this more informal? It was informal. Yeah, he comes yeah. to the first Friday book synopsis. He takes my recordings mm-hmm. and plays them to executive teams, hands out the handout of coaches that he is uh, coaching and leading. So we got to know each other because he liked my content, and got then it. I found out how smart he was. And so I started picking his brain, and it went from there. So, so what's interesting is generally my next question is, is there something you're learning about right now? And I – I don't know if this really, this is a hard one for me to ask you because you read so much. Maybe it's, are you not learning anything right now? But uh, no, I'd be curious. How do you, aside from reading and and developing these synopses, do you find a way to really branch out and and learn other things? Or, you know, how does that, how does that function for you? I've done a fair amount of reading on the rise of Al-Qaeda ISIS, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that's that's an area that interests me. Uh, I've read the the Pulitzer Prize winning book by Lawrence Wright called "The Looming Tower on the Rise of Al Qaeda" and some other books. So I'm learning about that. My current most intriguing mm-hmm. um, question, and I'm going to be blunt here. I think that vaping companies lied to people. Mm. I think that Boeing wasn't fully truthful after the first crash. Uh, There's a book called Willful Blindness by uh, Heffernan that is a brilliant book on companies and their willful blindness. I'm into a pretty serious look at the ethics of companies and truth-telling. Wow. And so that's something I'm learning. Now, you didn't ask. uh, When I escape read, I like thrillers. That's the best way to phrase this question for you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And my my thrillers of choice at the moment are Daniel Silva, and his his character is the Israeli assassin Gabriel Alon. Hmm. Uh, I've read all of his books, and he writes one new one a year. And that's the best at the moment. But I'm also enjoying uh, a guy named, uh, what is his name? I've I've got the Greg, Greg somebody, but his character (laughs) is Orphan X. Oh, okay. And he's a, 
He's an assassin. So I, I kind of read those. Greg Hurwitz. Okay. Her, Hurwitz. One of those two. Yeah. Got it. And there's something I learned about you before we started the show. I, I offered you some coffee and uh, you told me something quite surprising. I have not had an ounce of coffee in over 40 years. Incredible. Um, I just, it made me sick. And I said, why do I keep drinking it? So I, yeah. I, I switched to Makes diet sense. drinks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, how about your adult drink of choice? If you're not aware of this, Andrew, okay, the frozen margarita what? was invented in Dallas by Mariano. And so you can go to Mariano's. He's got three or four locations, maybe more, and they have frozen margaritas. Okay. I go with the frozen margarita sangria swirl. Ooh, that sounds good. His original margarita machine, frozen margarita machine, is in the Smithsonian. Wow. And so that's, that's my favorite adult yeah. beverage of choice. Okay. And I've got to tell you, I think there's probably a handful of other Mexican restaurants that are claiming this very thing. Now he's got to he, be Mariano. No, he 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 literally has his machine in the Smithsonian. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. Um, okay, so what what routines have you set for yourself? Any any kind of hacks or things that you like to live by on a day to day basis? I read this in a book by Cal Newport called Deep Work. Oh yeah, and. Okay. Cal Newport says that you can't do it at first, but you can build up to it. And I have now built up to being able to read pretty close to four-hour chunks. Um, if you read more than four hours, it's too much. Uh, okay. you, you can't – you lose the ability. But if you build up to four, four hours – and so I have a little timer, and I'll read for 50 minutes and stop and get a glass of ice water and take a breath – and then I read for another 50 minutes, and I do that up to four hours. Mm -hmm. That's a major uh, hack that I do. But the big hack in my life right now, yeah. excuse me, is the use of the Kindle app on my iPad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot tell you how valuable that is to me. Oh, I'll bet it is, especially with all the reading you're doing. So you mentioned your your wife of uh, many many years maybe maybe this is the answer to your question what do you look forward to the most each weekend i'm not young okay and so when i've had a busy week yeah i look forward to nothing <laughs> um yep. we're watching a little football reading as we watch uh, but we do enjoy going to eat and we like to go to the symphony we go to the richardson symphony mm. with some frequency but I need to get back into tennis. I played tennis in college. Okay. I need to do a lot of things, yeah. but haven't done them yet. And we've got two very exhaustingly energetic grandsons who live <laughs> in Waco, four and one. And we have them with enough frequency that, that when we have them, that's yeah. our weekend. And the next weekend, we are zombies. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, I always wonder what that's like for, for my parents when I, I bring, you know, we leave them with the, the my, my kids. And, you know, they talk really positively, but I can just imagine once they're gone, they're just, oh, rest. Yeah. yeah. We love our grandsons. Yeah. But, but, but they are high energy, high demand. Got it. Got it. So, Randy, um, we'll go ahead and bring this show to a close. I, I'd love to hear more. Maybe how do people find you, reach out to you, engage you, um, you know, to, to really start working with you. So let's go back to 15 minute business books.com. Yep. Just Google me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll be glad to connect. And all of my blog posts 
uh, I end up putting up on LinkedIn with a link. And we'd love to have you visit the First Friday Book Synopsis. And maybe if you need a leadership thinking session, leadership training, but leadership Mm -hmm. thinking session, call me, say, this is what we're dealing with. And I bet you I've got a book that would be ideal for your issue. I'll bet you do. Randy, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. This was incredibly valuable um, to me. Hopefully it is to all of our listeners. Highly urge you to, to visit Randy's website. Come take a look at the, come visit the, the synopsis uh, each month, and I'm sure you'll learn a ton. Thank so, you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So thank you all so much for listening to the Louder Code Dallas-based Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.